0: Hi, this is the Seattle Mama Doc Podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. We all work so hard to perfect how we pull off parenthood and often we may not feel good enough. Here today to talk about Fortnite, screen time and video game violence. So. Fortnite has taken us all a little by surprise. I keep hearing about it. And when I did a bit of research for this podcast, I was shocked to see the number of parenting articles that have been written really in the last six months to guide parents with their challenges that they're having and the overwhelm they're having with their children, mostly boys, playing Fortnite. So, just a little bit of data and a little bit of background. I have sat on the Council on Communications and Media, a group at the American Academy of Pediatrics, on their executive committee for six years and been a part of the council for even longer. That's the council that has come together to write policies and statements around the effects of media use on children. One of the statements that they wrote way back in 2018, the council, um, was specifically about media violence. And there have been numerous studies really since then that have kind of upped the way that the academy has tried to guide parents and families. In general, I think most pediatricians and the science backs the concept that we know that first person shooter games may really change the way that a child understands the consequence of using a weapon, understands the way that a conflict can and should be resolved. And certainly there's data that shows with increasing media use, for example, in excess of something like five or six hours a day, which is not uncommon, it tends to lead kids to sometimes be more aggressive, more agitated, and have a difficult time focusing and kind of having that self-regulation that they want. So what's been really concerning, I think, to communities and families around the arrival of Fortnite is the amazing capture of attention it's had and the amount of time that children want to play it. You know, I think we hear all sorts of things about it, you know, um, that it is a first-person shooter game. You throw yourself on a map with 100 other individuals. Everybody clamors for a bunch of weapons, and the last person standing is the winner. And the goal is just to survive. So it's ultimately a game of warfare. And, of course, it does take talent and luck and skill to understand how you do survive. So there are some great learnings that can come out of it. And there certainly have been shown benefits to hand-eye coordination, to logic and reasoning, and other kinds of semantic skills that you can get when you're playing these video games. But I think what's been so remarkable for people about Fortnite is the layers of ingenuity that have come in the design of the program and the way and the layers that they've captured attention. So just to get You know, a picture here. There are 200 million. This is end of December 2018, so just last month 200 million registered players, and that's 60% more then were in June, just six months prior. So it's really kind of swept the nation and really primarily, um, you know, school age, teenage boys tend to be the number one users, but also adults are playing this game as well. And there are even celebrities on the game. Um, but there are 200 million active users. And then there are other ways that you can actually watch what's going on. So you can watch YouTube videos and you can watch captured footage. So You can kind of watch it even like an entertainment show. And kids build and construct survival skills. They use weapons to kind of get rid of other characters, uh, and they also can communicate and chat. And so many of the children around the country, including many children that I know here, are using it as a way to socialize. So Friday night is spent on Fortnite, not together, sometimes together in the same room, but often together on Teams and or together alone. (laughs) You know, really that concept that people are playing in a virtual space, but they're alone um, and not interacting in person. Because there's an audio chat feature and there's texting features and there's creative and there's teamwork, There's a huge social aspect to the game as well, which really I think in some ways could be supported. But I think I take issue and concern with the amount of capture that this is taking of our kids' attention that, you know, many of the articles. There's one long article that we'll post with some length um, in the Wall Street Journal that I really appreciate. It was written um, by uh, a woman named Betsy Morris, published the 21st of December, But she really chronicles a number of different children around the country and their own reactions and interactions with their family, the difficulty that parents are having getting their kids off of Fortnite, the anger, aggressiveness, and frustration that some kids feel after it, like it's really hard to go right from warfare. And one of her lines is like, right from warfare, right to the dinner table, you know, like the transition from that virtual space of kind of violence and competitiveness right to kind of the real world and the pace of the real world is difficult for kids. But it's also really that, you know, there is data that finds that witnessing violent acts in the media, so in games or in video or in in video games like this, can really contribute to aggressive behavior. And, you know, research finds that consistent and significant associations between media exposure and increases in aggression have really been found in cross-cultural studies. So that you know, what are we doing that some kids are playing this multiple hours every day? Some kids are limited to the weekend. Some kids are playing, you know, when they wake and when they get to sleep. And it's really hard for them to want to go interact in real life. But the amount of of um, violence in it is concerning. Now, it's got a teen rating, which means it's rated for children 13 and up. And of course, I think there are all sorts of rule breakers around that and families that feel comfortable with younger children playing it. The reason that it's got a teen rating and not, you know, uh, a 17 and or 18 and up is that when a killing happens, there's no blood and gore. There are just kind of evaporations or kind of disappearances of those characters. But at the same time, a child is really learning that there is a conflict and a survival nature and that to kill is ultimately to win. And so, you know, I think what we have to figure out is like, well, what do we do? So we know that aggressive behaviors and um – inattention can come from these kinds of exposure. We know that kids on average between the age of 8 and 18 spend more than six hours a day using entertainment media. So that's TV, computer, video, movies, radio, and music. And that we know that limiting that and limiting access to those screens is recommended somewhere around about two hours a day. So kids are at about three times the amount of media that we're recommending for their welfare to not compete with other things that are good for them. Family time, talking to their friends, going outside, being on a sports team, sleeping, that we think if you can keep it to two hours a day, you'll do better. So, you know, we know that the majority of fourth to 12th graders now are playing video games with this um, ESRB rating of mature and up. So we know lots of kids are kind of playing games that most people in the gaming industry and in the design space think are actually too mature for them. So, you know, I think that um, even of more concern because Fortnite is so targeted towards younger boys, you know, we know that 78% of boys under the age of 17 report owning these mature rated games. So I think kids are getting exposed to things that aren't necessarily in their best interest. Their brains are developing. But I think what's unique about Fortnite is its incredible ingenuity and design and attention. And in some um, of the writing that I read for Uh, online that included a New York Times article, a Consumer Reports article, an NPR article, and then the Consumer Reports article, or excuse me, the Wall Street Journal I mentioned, is that when you tick off what makes a game good at stealing attention, Fortnite does a beautiful job of it, like takes all the angles um, that are relevant. So I think The real takeaway here is that I do not think that Fortnite is benign. I think of it as a first-person shooter game. I've heard lots of families and lots of parents kind of rationalizing the creative building part of the game is enough to kind of outweigh the deterrence of the violence. And that's really up for families to make that decision on their own. But I don't want us to write off the reality that this is a survival game with weapons and that we don't think in general that's good for kids in their interests. There are some naysayers to that. So there are some researchers out there um, who go against the data that suggests that exposure to violent media, um, causes what's something called the weapon effect, causes actually a more likelihood of using um, violence or weaponry to solve a problem. But I think the majority of pediatricians side on that. So I think here's what you've got to do. You you do have to set limits. So because it's a free-to-play game and because the way that Fortnite has amassed billions of dollars is by selling these skins or these costumes, is to maybe think about one way that you can restrict or limit or gauge the way that your child's really using it is to potentially reward them for good behavior, meaning that if you set a rule to say, well, you can only play Fortnite on the weekends or you can only play it once during the week and two times on the weekend and you max out at five hours a week or whatever the number is that you decide. When your child done a really good job kind of under those restraints and stopping on their own and getting out, then I think it makes sense to give them a $10 gift card or a $25 increment for those skins that can be really important and I think make the game really delightful. I think without question, I would always have your kids play together and I would play with them. So my kids are not yet playing Fortnite, but if they were, I would want to get in it. I have not played it. So I come at this somewhat ignorantly and skeptical, but I think if you're going to have your kids play it, get in some of those maps together and see what it feels like to you so that you can actually explain to them the outcomes of the aggression and what it feels like and how you feel about it. And you may feel good about your child playing Fortnite, really up to you. But I think um, an informed decision with your specific child and your specific values could be really functional that way for you. Um, you know, Most people recommend always playing it before. But I think when it comes to Fortnite, <laughs> I'd I, I play before if you'd like, and then I'd play it with your kids just to see how they're really reacting. And then lastly, like thinking about it in context of a media diet, that this is just a part of media. It's just taking over kids' attention and diverting them from other activities. So keeping them in groups with friends, limiting their time, and then making sure if they're really into Fortnite, then you got to probably cut off or limit the other tools that they used to play so that it's not an additive experience. Um, Lots more to learn. We have a great event coming up here at Seattle Children's with Dr. Patricia Kuhl, who um, is a professor at the University of Washington, studies the effects of the the brain and thinking in the teen experience, and will explain her ideas about teen use of media and things like Fortnite. And then Dr. Michael Robb as well, who's the research director at Common Sense Media, will be here in Seattle on January 24th, um, right at Seattle Children's Hospital Campus. You can register online, and we'll create a link for that online for you as well. Um, Good luck. Um, Feel free to comment, correct me, um, opine away, and um, enjoy your kids and enjoy their enjoyment. But certainly keep thinking about that media diet. The reality is parenting is a high-stakes job, and the good news is, you've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful, and what you want to learn more about. Reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook Seattle Mama Doc, or at SeattleMamaDoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from.